you listen to MyMind.com, you might not go to hell. Mind of Man, Mind of God, number 47. It is July the 8th, 2007, the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Dave. Reiner. How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Man, I'm great. Good, good. Well, Reiner, I think that any readings that have this line in there are going to be good, where they say that you may nurse with delight at her abundant breasts. I think any reading, you go to church, you get a reading like that, that's something I can get behind. <laughs> I I hear you. <laughs> Isaiah 66, 11, I'm familiar with it. I enjoy it. Yes. So <laughs> I thought that was good. And I, I I also noticed, I mean, we're talking about nursing at breast. we got circumcision going on in here. And um, so I think this is the, uh, this is the sex this is the sex uh, reading week, maybe. Really? No, I don't think so. Cool. Really. So, uh, how's it going? Everything good? It's going all right. Yeah? Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Well, what did you think of these readings this week? Anything? Did you read them? I did. Okay. I was just reading That's them. Good. That's a start. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the, the whole, you know, I, I can't walk by, you know... Delighting at her abundant breasts without, you know, <laughs> feeling some amount of joy in my life. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I always think about it. I always think about what it must be like for the people to have to do that reading. You know, I bet, I bet there's some nice old ladies that go up there and do the reading, and I can, I can just sort of them hearing. And you may nurse with delight at her abundant breath. You know, I was thinking that exact exact thought, Dave, as I was reading this, going, <laughs> you know, they better get some chick to do this first reading. Cause, exactly. Because I don't think a guy's going to make it through it. <laughs> yeah, you get a guy there. Yeah. Oh, the you may nurse with delight. Oh, yeah. Not good. Yeah, you got to have, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, um,. But, you know, that's good. That's good that we have a reading that's a little earthy. I think that's important, you know, not I, have it so high in the sky kind of thing all the time. It's true. I, I, You know, it's good every once in a while to hear about, you know, how God is delighting in, in humanity and not, you know, spitting on it. Right. Because yeah. we had those readings last week where they were talking about, I think, Weren't they saying something about, we had this whole discussion about them not valuing the body or the body's useless or nothing or what have you. Yeah, we so did. It's kind of a nice counterpoint to that. Yes. Although I think that was probably from Galatians also, which we have this reason reading this week about the circumcision and uncircumcision, you know. But, but again, this one isn't bad, for it says... Neither one of them means a damn thing. Right. But only a new creation. Hmm. It's a, isn't it kind of amazing, though, in a way to think about that? I guess, you know, you try to put yourself into the mindset. Maybe you have a little more historical knowledge of this. Apparently the circumcision thing was a huge deal, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, I mean, so I, I guess I was wondering, like, how did that come about? Now, why did that... 
there must have been some type of reason why that became such a big deal. Was it just a matter of differentiating yourself from other people, or was it because of quote unquote sanitary measures, or was it? It it was actually a mark of the old covenant. Actually, it was like that was part of being Jewish, right? right? So in order to you know, they was got it like a rite of passage kind of thing. Well, yeah, that's what you know. That whole well, I was going to say that, but they do, the rite of passage happens, you know, on the eighth day when you to, at the boy. I need a Jewish person right now, but yeah, I think that's the bris or the right, you know, where they do it when you're a little kid, right. and, and uh, and then the rite of passage is more the bar mitzvah, which happens. 13-ish, right? Sure, I, I meant I yeah. meant rite of passage right. in a more general sense. Yeah. That, uh, Actually, I think it was more a mark of the covenant. I think they yeah. said and in somewhere that we could find, I'm sure. So that that might be why it was so big, because if this, this marks your agreement with God or your connection with God, and then what, if people don't have that, then I... It was probably a huge deal to people that were Jewish. Yes, well, because I think this even happened, this was another Old Testament reading where there were, you know, Gentiles who became Christians, and they were like, you know, adults. Oh, they wanted to get circumcised. Huh? huh? Well, they were adults, and they and they made them get circumcised to join the religion, and now they're saying, oh, okay, well, now all these people don't have to do it. And they're like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, it's like an essential mark of their covenant with God. So what, we don't have a covenant with God? Yeah, we have a new covenant. Well, doesn't it involve this same stuff? Uh, you know. Well, I guess that maybe the early church people they had to decide, you know, how important that was. They did indeed. That was, I yeah. think, part of the issue of the first ecumenical council of Jerusalem, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where Paul and Barnabas came and talked to James and Peter, and they said... Do they have to do this Jewish stuff to be Christians? Uh, and they mulled it over and said, I guess not. <laughs> so, but it was a big deal, yeah. Well, let's go back to the first reading a little bit. I just wanted to finish up with that. So w the whole point of this reading is what, just to remind everybody that you're in a good place now or Jerusalem? I mean, what's the point of this reading? Do you understand it? No. I just keep thinking the same thing. <laughs> No, I don't know. <laughs> did that did just the word breast in there just threw you off totally? I, I'm or? just done then, you know. I'm like abundant ones at that. Yeah. No, I think it's saying that yes, God has you know delivered what He promised and right. rejoice in your happiness that you have, and you know. And you're safe, or you're you're whatever, you're secure, or you're you're loved, or you're something about that. I mean, I think it's. I don't know, in transactional analysis, they'd probably say in psychology that this is appealing to the child state in people, saying that, you know, appealing to, like, your security and comfort, your basic kind of needs. Well, I would hope so, because, you know, that we've got these nurslings carried in her arms and fondled in her lap, so I'm guessing that would be, <laughs> yeah. you know. All right, so and now I had a couple things in the in the gospel reading that kind of struck me. One one was I thought this was very interesting that that Jesus had because a lot of politicians have this. They have like advance men or something. He, said, yes. he had people that he was sending out ahead, right? Yeah. And I never heard about these seventy two. Who are these seventy two people, anyways? 
Some random disciples. But he was still alive when this was going on, right? Or yes. was he? I, I assume. That's true. Yeah, you never. You always hear about the twelve, but then you get this seventy-two. Actually, I did look up the um, footnotes on this reading for that very reason, and and of course this was the Gospel of Luke, and he was more interested in this kind of stuff. Yeah. The you know universality of the church versus, say Matthew, who was more interested in the Jewish community, but the the comment was, well, yeah, you. There is a reference earlier in his gospel. There's one to sending out the 12, and then this one to the 72. And they make some comment that, well, it might be a sort of an anachronistic insertion of Luke's to put in the 70 disciples that were in his community into the gospel, kind of, to encourage them. But, I mean, that's the thing, though. But Jesus had, right, the 12 chosen. But he had a lot of other followers, the disciples, right? Right. So, I mean, that there were another 72 who were, you know, on the inner circle, but not the tight inner circle, you know. Eh. I also think, I was thinking about this from an astrological, numerological standpoint, and I think 72 is kind of an interesting number. Something in the back of my mind thinks that that's an important number for some reason, symbolically. And also I was thinking, well, it's, it's 12 times one half of 12. And you get 72, and also 72 is like one-fifth of the 360. Of the, I, I don't know. I think there's something, which I'm not aware of, but it just struck me that there's something probably symbolic about that number. They always have magic numbers. Those alleged um, footnotes I read also mentioned that some of the sources of this story had 70 versus 72 in them. Right. Because, you know, that whole 7 times 77, 7 was an important number. Right. 72 and 12. Yeah, and, 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 and the 72 is also, that, uh, there's something about 72 and then it's times 5, and 5 is a real important number in terms of, I think 5 represents man, uh, you know, and whatever, something. mythological. So then you have 72 and 5, I don't know. I, there, there's there's something that goes on with that, but it's kind of kind of interesting. And uh, let's see, what is something else here? Oh, this I think this has been quoted quite often. This this one sentence it says, "Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves." Yes, I, you hear that a lot, and I, you know I hear it sometimes. Oh, I don't know. Just, I guess you know usually in a fairly good context, just to sort of encourage people to be brave in the face of uh, uh, resistance or what have you, but also to justify, well, we're going to send you out there and throw you to the wolves, and, you know, good luck, too. <laughs> but it, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, yeah, To me, it was just an interesting... Yeah, I, I've heard this many times. Yeah, there's another... Um, I forget where it is. Associated that brings to mind the where they says, you know, you must be as cunning as serpents but as innocent as lambs or right. doves or something. I mean, it's that same concept of, yeah, the world is kind of slimy and <laughs> wolf-like trying to eat you alive, but you're still, you know, you are lambs. You're supposed to not, you know, take on their... <laughs> customs and demeanor but well of course they were an agrarian uh, herding society too and lambs and wolves was a very 
potent imagery for them. Right. It, right. They were familiar with those trying concepts. Trying to keep the flock together and having wolves attack it. And yes, whatnot. there's a lot of sheep-like analogies in the ministry of Jesus, I think. Right. So. And then down later struck me, the dust of your town, ta- they're talking about, well, if you don't welcome them, the dust of your town that clings to your feet, even that we shake off against you. Um I don't know. It, it, it was kind of... Oh, and then they had mentioned something about, I tell you it will be more tolerable for Sodom on that day than for your town. So, I mean, it's a little bit of a, well, you better let us in or I'm going to kick your ass kind of thing. Exactly. Well, or you know, or that, look, I'm giving you the kingdom asking you to go here, and if you act like a wolf towards me, that's not a good idea. <laughs> so... Well, I say, yet know this, the kingdom of God is at hand. So uh, maybe some of that imagery is, you know, you better get your shit together because, you know, don't don't be don't be denying this or or uh, not letting it into your consciousness or your awareness because yeah, don't think it happening. doesn't don't think it doesn't matter because it does. Right, right. I, I still got a big stick though. I don't use it every day. Right. right. <laughs> And he had the 72, they were also healing, too. They were doing healings. He had them doing that. And, um, healing is always an interesting thing. Yes. All that good stuff. Yep. And they say, I mean, blah, blah, I have observed Satan fall like lightning from the sky. So that's interesting that he's saying, you know, that he recognizes that, yes, Satan pretty much owns the world, and... I'm sending out this new kingdom. That's what you're supposed to do. Go point out that, you know, hey, there's something different that should be going on here, and we're going to take over the whole deal, which, interestingly enough, hasn't happened 2,000 years later. So. <laughs> it's hard to tell what's really going on if you think about it. You have the, the people, the external people in power who control things and greed and money and manipulation rule the day on the other hand you know what are people really feeling and thinking what's in their hearts you know that's you know what external power is actually going on doesn't really represent the spiritual level of the populace in general I suppose I I know but you know what now that you say that I, I was thinking about that this week this whole concept of you know what you're saying well the people in power and blah 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 but I'm going, what do people spend all their time doing? You know, my kids are always like, I'm so bored, right? No, no matter, they, we have all these distractions, sports and TV. And I mean, the iPhone came out this week, right? Yeah. All this big, it's like $600 to buy it. And, you know, minimum of $60 a month. I think somebody said, you know, it's going to cost you 3600 bucks. In the first couple of years to have this, if you yeah, want, with it, right. and you go. So we've got all this crap, and is this, and this is what people spend their time doing. And I went, you know, what would happen if people actually spent their time, you know, if the big thing on TV, you know, and advertising, and you know, instead of you know going to baseball, soccer practice five to seven days a week, we went to the, you know. <laughs> feeding the poor and 
you know, <laughs> or something. Yeah, there's a lot of energy and potential and, that is and just money. funneled into stimulation and imagery. And, and the stuff that when you're done with it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, I can sit here for hours, days, watching sports or playing computer games or whatever it is that people do. Right. And, and when you're done, what do you got? Nothing. You got that time and money spent. I, I don't know. You've structured the time and, and alleviated your anxiety for that time. I think that's part of what happens. The boredom, I think, is somewhat attached with anxiety in some cases, I think, because uh, I, I, I think there's, there's other things that are calling us and calling us to our own spirits and our own you know, potentials, and I think those things are, those are scary a little bit to actually listen to those things. And actually act upon them. Yeah, I know, but there's not really a whole lot of avenues to act out on, you know, good stuff. Yeah. And, and if there is, it's like, you know, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock for an hour, you can go feed the homeless. Well, I mean, I mean I'm sure there's more than that to be done, and people do it, but it's oh, not mainstream. I think there is. For instance, here, I think there, there's there's immigrants that are coming in to, to town that, that need help. There's the environment. There's There's all kinds of things that... That need help. I, I, oh, I'm not saying there aren't things that oh, need okay. help. I'm saying that there's not a lot of. If I wanted to spend 40 hours a week doing this instead of watching television and sports, it'd be hard to come by, you know? Well, I, I'm going to get on my political soapbox here for a moment. I think this is one of the, the big lies that has been told us from, I think, particularly, uh, I'll just say, a Republican administrations and, and government that. This whole idea that the market is everything, the free market is everything, and capitalism is the main thing, and that's what business is what it's all about. And, and also the idea that government can't do anything right, you, you know, even though they have you know, made government bigger. I, I think it, it, it sort of eliminates the civic life. I mean, the idea of people just doing things for their neighbors and for their community and their society. Uh, I think that this, this whole notion has been um, denigrated and demonized as, as being somehow quaint, when in reality, you know, the net result of, of that has been that we just have corporations that are only concerned with profit, and and that's what's running the show. That we do. And people as cogs in that network who end up trying to find something to fill the time <laughs> left over and, you know... Right, because it doesn't really provide that much sense of meaning. And I, it's exactly. basic, I think basic human drives include community, include doing something for the betterment of yourself and for others, and you know having things get better. And I think that that's all been kind of you know, put shoved to the side. I think. Yeah. You know, and, and and the and the biggest question is, what does this have to do with foosball? Absolutely nothing, apparently. <laughs> no. Well, the readings. What were the readings? But we never, we didn't really get down to what the essence of the readings were this week. Well, sex. I guess sex. What does sex have to do with foosball? Well, if you got a hot girl on the other team with abundant breasts, you're probably going to lose. Okay. That's good. <laughs> I think that's the... Uh, 
I think we just ended right there. I think that's that's as far as we could go with that analogy this week. You nailed it, man. There you go. Perfect. All right, so I have a concluding uh, thing I would like to read. Got a moment here? Do we have time for that? Sure. And this is actually has to do with the summer solstice, which was a few weeks ago. But uh, you know, since I'm Irish, and you know, I got that Catholic thing happening. But you know, I got druid roots so i thought i'd bring a little bit of this stuff into the equation yeah <laughs> all right so here's, this is about the summer solstice i thought it was kind of interesting and the the, the reading is, is a little bit about how there's initiations that occur within a person uh different times of the years and how you know sometimes the holidays are connected with uh, solstice or equinox or some of that for instance christmas is connected with the Uh, winter solstice. But this is about the summer solstice, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Okay, here it goes. For most ancient peoples, the sky was compass, calendar, and clock. Throughout history, religious celebrations and sacred rites have been connected with one or another of the solstices and equinoxes. For ancient peoples, um, nature was a visible expression of divinity at work, and the ancient mythographers frequently associate the sky with universal mind or intelligence, which orders the structures, the behavior of stars, planets, and all creatures inhabiting them. The universe itself was considered to be a living entity in which all beings, including ourselves, were rooted through life, meaning, and substance. And what else I get here? Okay. At, uh, at the summer solstice, when the sun stands stronger, higher, and longer than any other period of the year, one finds inspiration in the great renunciation, or what could be called the bodhisattva initiation. In Buddhism, a bodhisattva is a person on the path to Buddhahood who has awakened a degree of wisdom. Bodhisattvas means one whose essence is wisdom. In this sense, anyone who strives for enlightenment, who acts from his innermost essence or wisdom and compassion, is to some extent a bodhisattva. The summer turning point, in this sense, represents a pivotal decision about evolutionary progress and fulfillment in which all of us may participate. Simply put, summer symbolizes maturity and ripening judgment when our natural interest turns to the needs of others. This solstice period is perhaps the sacred season to which we can most easily relate because altruism and service is something all of us understand. That's it. Or needs to understand and implement. So, Absolutely. <laughs> Amen. Right. Amen, brother. Ciao. All right. See you later. Mm. You can make it. Shoot it. Mommog.com.